Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. It just seems that the Lord has a theme for us this, at least for the month of January. So we want to encourage you, if you are not on the podcast, please get the last two Sunday morning podcasts. Very important. So it's free. You can, you can download them on your phone and you can listen to them. It's very, very important that you get these last two Sundays. How many were here the last two Sundays? Would you agree it's very important? How many of you have listened to the podcast? Okay, good. I want to continue to encourage you to do that and also get this podcast too. So we're kind of just been tag-teaming a little bit here for the month of January, which actually we haven't done three Sundays in a row, probably ever. So it's just the important because we're still getting more information about 2019. And one of the things is that you have to apply what's being spoken forth. You have to receive in your heart and believe to be able to eat of it. Come on, come on, you say amen. And also, because things are accelerating, folks, it is the 13th of January. Two weeks have already come and gone. It was just Christmas. So you can see that time is accelerating. Somebody asked me, well, how is time accelerating? Because when you look at your watch, it's 1135. So how can it go by so fast? Here, here, here it is. This is how it goes by fast. The earth itself is spinning faster, and the earth itself is going faster around the sun. So even though your watch says it's a certain time, it's flying by because things are accelerating. Even in the spirit realm, things are accelerating. The sands of the hourglass are getting closer, and suddenly that hourglass will be turned over, and it will be a new millennium. It will be a new season. It will be a new chapter in God's written book. It'll be his story being written for eternities upon eternities. Now, prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. When God's servants speak, the wise listen. The wise listen. So make sure you have a listening ear and then become a doer of the thing that the Lord is giving forth. The Good News Bible says this in Deuteronomy 18, 21 and 22. It says this, You may wonder how you can tell when a prophet's message does not come from the Lord. If a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord and what he says does not come true, then it is not the Lord's message. That prophet has spoken on his own authority and you are not to fear him. Now here's the deal. When a a prophetic utterance goes forth, okay, from, from the throne of God, you can recognize for what it is. And you're going to need to because the Bible says that in the last days there will be false prophets that will arise to even deceive the elect. In the New Testament it says that uh, if anybody prophesies and a person cannot proclaim Jesus Christ as the only son of God, the only way of the truth, then you are not to believe that person because they are a false prophet. And also things will bear witness with your spirit even though you may not understand what's being said. It'll bear witness with your spirit. Not only that, all prophecy will line up with the word of God. It will not go outside the word of God. Now, the issue is, is when these false prophets arise, it's not the words that really will be affecting people. It will be the false signs and wonders that will accompany it because Jesus said to the Roman centurion, he said, you will not believe unless you see signs and wonders. 
Now, last Sunday morning, we had a move of the Holy Ghost with some signs and wonders. Shocked some people, but some people need to be shocked. Praise God, amen. We cannot talk about a God who is of the supernatural and then it not be made manifest in a demonstration of power here on the earth. The Bible says in the book of John in the last chapter that there were so many things that Jesus did that the, work, that, that the books of the world could not contain what he did. Come on, I didn't say what he said. What he said is found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the miracles and the signs and the wonders and the supernatural displays of God's power far outweighed everything that he said. What he said was for us to live a pure and holy life on this earth, separated unto him. But what he did proved where he was from. Why? Because God would never ask us to do something without him himself doing it. When he says, be ye a doer of the word and not a hearer only, he actually means what he says. Be a doer of the word. Now, John Wesley's commentary on Deuteronomy 18.22, he says this. If the thing which he gives as a sign of truth of his prophecy, the falsehood of his prediction shows him to be a false prophet. Presumptuously and prudently ascribing his own vain and lying fancies to the God of truth. The Hebrew word for prophet means one who announces or brings a message from God. One who announces or brings a message from God. The word prophet in the English language means essentially the same thing. One who speaks by divine inspiration as an interpreter or spokesman of God. I'll just tell you this right now. For the longest time, I had great fear in the prophet's office. I didn't want to go into that office for a great many reasons and a great many years. People would come up to me over the years. You're a prophet of God. You're a prophet of God. You're, no, 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 no. And that would go and talk to the Lord about it. I don't really know if I really want to do this. I don't think, I don't want to be a part of it. I, you know, it's good. I just, whenever, whenever you come on me, okay, I'll do something. But I just really don't want to bring attention to that or do anything like that. And, and let me tell you the reason why. How dare I say that I speak on God's behalf and I say something that he didn't say, it would be a very bad day at the judgment seat of heaven for the God Almighty of the universe to look at me and said, I never said such a thing. I would be ruined, like forever. How would you feel? Would you feel the same way? Great fear. I think it's like the prophet Jeremiah. He was a very young man, Jeremiah was. And he said, do not say that you are young and don't look at the people's faces. He's like, I don't want to do it. Most of the prophets in the Old Testament, they're like, no, I don't want to do it. Jonah, he ran. Come on now until he was swallowed by a fish. Could you, could you imagine the Ninevites after three days, Jonah in the belly, whitewashed, seaweed stuck between his teeth, comes, gets, thro gets thrown up on the beach. Repent! Repent! No wonder they repented after they saw <laughs> They were like, oh, snap. That's the prophet right there. We, we repent, sackcloth asses. Are y'all here this morning? Praise God. Amen. Okay, just, I just want to make sure y'all are breathing and your, your heart is beating. Praise God. Amen. So how do you know that? Because I saw a nurse come in and check the back row, a person on the back row, and looked at me and said, this one's alive. I say, okay, praise God. Hey, thank you very much. Come on now. 
This is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice in it. Be glad in it. And at least we're not doing your funeral today. That's a good thing. Amen. Awake, O sleeper. Praise God. You can take a nap this afternoon. All right. So I've had great fear in that. I've had great fear in that. And then I've had it in, probably in the last, within the last six months, I've had several people and then really God get on my case about it. You better do it. And then this person who actually really kind of read my mail, hardcore read my mail, and uh, I met him at the, ho- in, at, the, at the hotel room, and I, with tears in my eyes, I said, I haven't done it because I've had great fear. Who am I to speak on? That, who am I to be the mouthpiece of God? Hello? Some people love this prophecy thing. I, it's fear and trembling for me. Hello, and I don't particularly like getting prophecies either. There's some people that live on prophecies. They, they, I mean, I don't, please don't say anything to me. So why is that? Because I know that I'm going to have to hunker down because the storm is coming. Hello? I kind of wonder sometimes when some of these people will line up an entire church of 500 people and everybody wants a word from heaven. Not me. I, I'm, I'm going to lunch. Praise God. Amen. I, I don't want to stand in a line and, and abracadabra, shoot a Buddha, bada Buddha, bada Buddha. I don't want none of that. I don't want any of that voodoo. Come on. Hello, somebody. If the Lord needs to speak to me, it's probably because I'm not listening. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Hello. I just want to stick with my assignment. Amen. You know, come on now. Remember this, a word equals work. It's not a personal affirmation of you, petting you publicly. uh, You're wonderful. You're special. It's work. So why we give it attention is because we're looking for the work. Why we want to write them down, whatever prophecies have come, is because we're looking for our part. Because God's already done his. So we're excited about finding our part to get this going because it's a partnership. And one part's already finished. The only part that's not finished is ours. So we want to look for ours. But every time you get a word, it is work. It's an assignment. It's your homework. And we're not going to be sad about that. But sometimes we feel like we got enough already. (laughs) Because this, this is the word. And so there's a lot of work in here. And so we're not living on a, on a prophecy, but I, we believe that the Holy Ghost is giving, at least to this body, a lot of attention in the month of January. Like This is the third time we've discussed it because um, it's not one of those things that's going to fall on you. And it also, it's not like any other year before. But if you don't understand how to position and to flow and work with this and run with this, you're going to arrive at the end of the year wanting to smash the coffee cup with the slogan on it. Because God doesn't give us catchphrases or slogans for the year. He gives us assignments. He gives us direction to put our faith on. And your faith has to be spirit-led. So if you just decide this year that you're going to put your faith on whatever, it's, it, you're not going to go the right direction. For example, um, there's two ways to get to my kid's uh, place in Charleston. I can go up the, the coast up uh, um, I-95 through Jacksonville. I've taken that a couple times. I don't care for the the lack of view on that road. You can go 75 and and cut over. So next time I go, I've decided to go 75. But what if I navigated my spiritual life like that? Proverbs talks about two paths. There's a way that seems right. There's two roads, but one ends in death. And so, but if the, the Lord says, hey, I want you to go this way, 
and I say, well, though I can arrive at it this way because they're both going to end up there, but yet that road is going to have different things on it. I-95 is going to have different rest stops, right? It's going to have different timing, different construction, different traffic, different places of getting on and off. Now, when I'm with Pastor, uh, we can get off at an exit and go three miles out of the way for Chick-fil-A because <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, I like If it's not on the highway and I can't see it from the highway, I'm not getting off. So when I go the next time, he's not with me. So we're not getting off to go three miles out of the way just to get Chick-fil-A. I like Chick-fil-A, but I don't need to go three miles out of the way. I do. I need to go three miles out of the way. Yeah, we get off and we're like, where is it? The sign said, yeah, it's three miles that way. And then we're going to get it and come back on. I mean, even if we got to go back three miles, we're going back three miles. (laughs) Yeah, you, we got, did that. Oh, my word. Yeah, okay. That, oh, man, we missed that it. Okay, it's long enough without having to backtrack because we didn't look at the navigator soon enough. Um, so anyway, you're, you're not going to be able to just assign your faith where you want it. So it's, it's important that you hear uh, what, what God is saying. And one thing that needs to give us comfort is that if you note through the prophecies, uh, much of them spoke to prayer and soul winning, getting outside of the church. And so we were talking to the Lord about him not saying specifically a separate prophecy for this church. And then it occurred to me this week meditating, he said, that's because you're already doing it. This church was established for no other purpose than to win souls. Yeah, some of the things that, that the, in the prophecies that we've read was for the church to get outside the four walls. If you want to see miracles, you're going to have to get outside the four walls. If you're going to want to see healings and the miraculous, but also it was an encouragement that if you do that, God will back you up. Yeah, our pastor has scheduled in the ordinary flow of our lives to go soul winning every Saturday for eight years since the day the church started. That's not new. He's also scheduled in our monthly calendar, corporate prayer, where we could come, those who wanted, to spend that hour in prayer, accelerating and furthering things in, in the spirit. So this has already been a flow of our lives, so there needed to be no instruction to have a course correction in this local body. You know, in 2018, there was over 4,691 people who gave their yeah. hearts to the Lord through the ministry. Yeah. Which is, which is awesome. And some people may think mm-hmm. that's a small number for, compared to our evangelistic crusades, but that's the exact number we could actually count. So let me just say, through TV, radio, and many methods that we cannot count, that number is at least triple in my 25 years experience. But we refuse to release numbers that are evangelistic. You know, one of the this things, is an exact number. Mm-hmm. One of the things is, we've been in the ministry 23 years. 25. Okay, 25 years. <laughs> At least I'm not an I like evangelist. I like the quarter of a century speaking. thing. Okay. I don't want to. Lo- let's not go years. back two years and lose two years like we do okay. for Chick Fil A and Pr- lose praise three God. miles. Praise, praise God. <laughs> I've been married 33 years. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> I need y'all's prayers. Praise God. Amen. Okay, a prophet is one <laughs> who speaks. <laughs> who is one who speaks for God? Yes, okay. Hence, the prefix pro from the Greek language. For the word prophet is derived, which means for and before. The prophets were not a special hierarchy or a guild um, or certain class of men or women. Many of them were chosen from various of the 12 tribes of Israel, unlike those of the tribe of Levi, were not born into their office. There were princesses, sheep herders, farmers, fishermen, priests. They came from many different tribes and called them at many different times. God called them at many different times. In Amos 3, 7, it says this, Surely the Lord will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. So that's the reason why every year 
we, we seek the Lord, we do some praying, we do some fasting, and then with trusted ministries, did you hear what I said? With trusted ministries, proven ministries, ma- marriage good ministries, finances good, ma- good standing in the community, hello, we want to hear what God is saying because many of them never connect at all, but once we start hearing a theme from the Lord of what's going to take place for the next year, then we can run with that. Can you say amen? All right, honey, I want you to read, if you would, please. Okay. Um, We found a little bit more information on Brother Copeland's prophecy, and there were some conditional things that need to be met, because sometimes what happens is this, is uh, prophecies will go forth into the body of Christ, and it seems like everybody has a crappy year. Come on, hello, somebody, right? No, nothing. I heard all this good stuff's going to happen, and it was the worst year of my entire life. It's been that way for five years. Come on, hello, somebody. Yeah. So when something goes forth, you got to grab a hold of it. You got to you got to grab a hold of it by faith. You got to pull it in. You got to keep yourself in remembrance of it. Remember, I said to you, Hebrews two, chapter two, we should take the most earnest heed to those things which we hear, lest at any time we let them slip. Humanity is very well known for New Year's resolutions, and it lasts 90 days. And then we have a tendency to fall back into the same patterns. So if you want something different, listen, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. But watch this. It'll even be worse because of the acceleration of what's happening in the earth. Okay, so if you will apply these principles, if you apply these things to your life and stick with it throughout the entire year, stick with your declarations through the entire year. Doesn't matter what happens, what's going on, no matter what opposition is coming your way, stick with the word, stick with the spirit, stick with the words that are coming from heaven. Grab a hold of them. It will change your life. Don't make a New Year's resolution. That's not scriptural. Look up the word resolution. It means to introduce a thought. Okay, that's what we do on the House and the Senate floor. We introduce a thought or an opinion that was somebody that wants something done. You need to have a New Year's revolution. Revolution would be the correct word. You need to have the word revolutionize your life. Now, you can be resolute in your revolution, but you are not to have a New Year's resolution. Note how it hasn't ever worked. <laughs> There's a reason it doesn't work because it's unscriptural, so it lacks power. And you lack the ability to put faith on anything that's not in Scripture. So you can't even take faith and put it on a resolution and get to the end of the year with it. All right, let me read you some Scriptures, and then Pastor Marie's going to read part of these prophecies, and I'll interject, and she'll interject on some of this. Exodus 34, go with Mm -hmm. us, Exodus 34, 8. This is the scripture that Brother Copeland began before he prophesied. He said the Lord took him to the scripture. So we'll follow along and see what's in here. Exodus 34, 8. Exodus 34, 8. And it says this. And Moses made haste to bow his head toward the earth and worshiped. And he said, if... Now I have found favor and loving kindness in your sight, O Lord. Let the Lord, I pray you, go in the midst of us. Although it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sins, and take us far in, uh, and take us for your inheritance. And the Lord said, Behold, I lay down afresh the terms of the mutual agreement between Israel and me, a covenant 
Before all the people I will do marvels, wonders, and miracles such as have not been wrought or created in all the earth or in any nation and all the people among whom you shall see the work of the Lord for it is a terrible thing, fearful and full of all that will I do with you. Now, one of the things that we have really heard for this year is going to be the beginning of some supernatural, miraculous things that have not been heard before or done before in the earth. Man, like maybe going into a hospital ICU ward and cleaning out the whole ward. How about whole hospitals losing all their patients? I mean, I don't know. I mean, in, in our time, even in the last hundred years, I don't think I've ever heard reports, especially in America, where someone or someones walked into a hospital and cleaned it out. How about raising the dead will be just as easy as blowing your nose? You'll walk into a funeral possession, 15-year-old, 30-year-old, 60-year-old, walk up and just touch the coffin. As you turn around and walk away, the body is raised. You don't think that would freak people out? You don't think they would hit the door running? Would it not shake America? Would it not shake the church of Jesus Christ? How about ambulances lined up trying to get into the building where the power of God is so strong? How about when people drive up on a property, they fall under the power of God and ushers have to bring them into church (laughs) instead of carrying them out of church? How about people falling on the sidewalk repenting? How about God just sitting on a, a community and as soon as you get within five miles, you can sense the presence of God the back of your hair stands up on your neck because of the presence of God. Go ahead. So there's some key things in the scripture. The first thing in verse 8 is that we notice that Moses did is he worshiped before he spoke. So before he went before the Lord to make a request, he worshiped the Lord. And then the first thing he asked was forgiveness for sins. So in other words, here's a protocol. And then God is answering him. So Moses had to sit still long enough to listen and not talk. Sometimes in our prayer, we hurry up and make our petitions, our requests known to God, and then we go on about our busy day, and we didn't sit there expecting that God actually had something to say back, maybe with a pen and paper that we might want to write down what he said. Um, so this is what the Lord said. There's a, I'm responding afresh with terms of our mutual agreement. In other words, he's reminding him, hey, you agreed to this too. It's not just God says, I'm going to do it. This is a mutual agreement. This is an equal partnership. And then he said, I'm going to do marvels, wonders, and miracles. He said that I will do with you. So God's not going to do anything without you. And so um, he's going to do it with you. And so we see that all through the Bible, even Moses and the disciples. So this year, you're partnering with God. So God's already provided the power. You're just going to provide the presence. In other words, you need to show up. So if we were in an airplane... Uh, and we were in an Air Force jet, and we were going Mach 1. 
How many of you have noticed that, that all of a sudden we're seeing the dark side of the moon? Anybody pay attention? So, cool, the only reason we're seeing it now is because we didn't have a flashlight that was powerful enough to shine light on it. It's dark because it just didn't have light. It's not dark because it's evil and spooky. So now we're getting to have some pictures of the dark side of the moon, which we, means we have technology to see what we couldn't see before. But the eye of faith sees what the natural eye can't see. So you're going to have to walk out this year going, I believe in what I cannot yet see and feel. Faith is not a denial of what I'm seeing and feeling, but it also doesn't need to be a denial of something just because I can't see it or feel it. The dark side of the moon, in other words, the other half of the moon was always present. Whether we saw it or whether we could put something on it where somebody could walk on it, it was always there because God said it was there. He didn't say, I made a half moon. Just because you can see a fingernail doesn't mean that's all there is. So you're going to have to, he's, one of the part of the prophecies was that he would require faith. So uh, just this week, Pastor and I had an opportunity to uh, practice what we had decided that we would uh, walk in in 2019. So one of the things that uh, one of our spiritual parents said to us is, be sure you don't take any grief, sorrow, or sadness into 2019. Every time it comes to you over issues in your life, you're to answer it with the word. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to do. So we, we had an opportunity this week, and I am really actually grateful that I had an opportunity so quickly to practice that so, word. So let me just say this. We got punched hard. Never been punched hard by somebody? Come on. Raise your hand if you've ever been punched hard. I mean, literally take the breath out of you. Okay, we were punched really, really hard. And the cool thing is, is that we responded and not reacted. Right. Sometimes you just have a good cry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay for men to cry. Real, Jesus wept. Come on, hello, somebody. So what do you do? You have a good cry. You pick yourself up, dust yourself off. Hello. And the direction is always what? Forward. Yeah, right. So if you've ever been punched hard, you know, if you don't think they're coming, they're coming. Coming. Don't be surprised. <laughs> None of these things move us. Remember, that's what Paul said. How would you like every time you came to church, you got a word that said you're going to be bound and put in prison? That's what happened to Paul. Everywhere he went (laughs) for months on end. Hey, here's your your awesome prophecy. You're so wonderful. You're going to be bound and put in prison when, when you get to Jerusalem. And finally, he answered and said, these things do not move me. In other words, I'm ready for whatever comes. And so uh, what, what we did first is we answered it with the word, according to the word. We answered the situation according to the word. Then we had to answer our feelings. First, you need to answer the situation. It doesn't mean we didn't have feelings. The fact that we had to answer how we felt about it and what we thought about it. So faith is not a denial of what I'm seeing and feeling. When I was in first grade, I was up on the, I guess it was called the monkey bars, the jungle gym, and they had, you know, a pole you could slide down, kind of like a fireman's pole. Well, my body was apparently wrapped around it, but I didn't make contact. And so uh, I fell at an accelerated rate <laughs> on this pole that my hands, for some reason, never made contact with the pole. I just, you know, took a dive and, and hit on the ground on my tailbone and knocked the wind out of me. Now, anybody, if you ever had to knock the wind out of you, it hurts, and then you cry, and then you're, are you mad? Because I get mad. When you're hurt, you get mad. So, yeah, you go through a gamut of emotions. So when you get the wind knocked out of you, it's going to hurt, and you're going to cry because it was scary and it was painful, and then you're going to get mad. And when you get mad and you come out swinging because you're going to do it, it's what comes out of your mouth. What are your fists doing? Are you punching back with the Word of God, or are you just punching with your emotions? Because everything you say is manifesting. 
One of the things about being mature spiritually is that when you get the wind knocked out of you, are you going to retaliate in anger or are you going to retaliate in love? Because there's not a one of us in here that's ever had the wind knocked out of us. Whether somebody did something to us, said something to us, or tried to do something to us. Whether that's family, friends, neighbors, relatives, bosses, fellow employees. You're going to get the wind knocked out of you. There's going to be things. But your proper response will make a difference, not necessarily for the one that hits you, but for you. Yes. Yeah, your decision. And sometimes I think the Lord allows us to go through some of these things to test us. Are we going to stay steadfast? Are we going to stay with the word? Are we going to stay with that which was spoken over the situation? Even that which he has said to you, will you hold on to that and not let go? All I know is this. It doesn't matter if the waves are beating against your boat and the wind is blowing and you think your ship, if Jesus is in your ship, you're not going to sink. I'm going to tell you right now. You're going to go to the other side. It can be a hurricane force winds. And if Jesus is sleeping in your boat, come on. If he's in your boat, you're going to the other side. Can you say amen, no matter what? So one of the things about 2019 uh, that's been spoken is that it's a new day. That is not to be treated as a light, flippant statement. Um, So a new day is going to require you to have new thinking and new acting. Because if you're going to have a new day, you can't act like you did yesterday. You can't think like you did yesterday. So if God says it's a new day, it's going to require you to be different in that new day than you were yesterday. So I was meditating on that in this situation. Uh, And don't be upset with yourself if you feel like when the test comes, a few things come out of you that you wished hadn't. Because that just allows you to locate where you are to know where your work is. Be glad that that's not hiding. So get off your own backside in 2019 and focus on the part that you did good and right instead of what you think you didn't. Let me give you an example. Somebody comes and punches you really hard, knocks the wind out of you. And then you say, cursed be that person. I would just wish they would stink and die. It, the planet would be much better. They don't need to bleed. They don't need to breathe all of our air and eat all of our food anyway. We need a depopulation. <laughs> or, oh, that really hurt. Father, I just thank you for everything that you're doing. Lord, I just forgive them. And Lord, help them. They just don't know what they're doing. Big difference, isn't it? When I wept over this person, it was for them, not for me. And I told that to Pastor Marie. And she came, I was was on my couch in the office, and she came over and consoled me like a good wife's supposed to. Come on, hello, somebody. And then I said to her, I wept for them. And then, you know, I'm going to tell you, if you live by this advice, folks, You won't ever make a bad mistake. This man right here taught us many years ago, when you get punched in the gut, wait 12 to 24 hours before you do anything or say anything. Because at the moment when you got punched, you want to go kill somebody. The most amazing thing, I had not one thought to go kill this person. 
it, I, I, I matured. <laughs> I am serious. <laughs> I realized I matured. Because we had those thoughts and feelings <laughs> a few years back. Yeah. Oh, I sure did. I had, to, I had to restrain myself from putting them in a rear vascular restraint. Praise God. Amen. I had to restrain myself from wanting to really do that. If you don't know what a rear vascular restraint is, it's called a rear naked choke. Praise God. Amen. In, in simple terms. So in other words, celebrate your maturity. No matter or, if, if it's how small well, it is, or, or, celebrate Or, or even kill the other person who really had no idea that they're worthy of death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, joy is your strength this year. And so what I'm, I'm not saying just diminish the things that we're in error over. I'm saying celebrate the, the part that you got right and say, thank you, Lord, for another opportunity. Why well, I was saying I was glad that happened so early in the year before I let it slip, before yeah, I had let that thing. instruction to me slip. Beginning. Um, because the, the more you practice, the more skillful you become. 2019, uh, is, your success is determined by what you become skillful at in the area of the word and the spirit. Okay, so, hold on, let me say this. Yes. We're not just in Plant City, folks. We're all over the world. You have to understand that. Many nations that we've been in in the last 23 years. And we deal with a lot of people. A lot of people that call us. There's people that count, Pastor Marie counsels with that don't even attend this church. Okay, so you can't figure it out what it was. Just know that we got punched and there was a response and not a reaction. Amen. Okay. So uh, we also, as a new day, it has to be stepping into places of the spirit where we haven't been. And one thing Brother Copeland said, he didn't say it in this, but he said it privately to the minister. There will be more of everything. Of everything. That means good and the not good. So anything in your life that's not good, you need to get it out now. No mm -hmm, more, I'm right. working on it. Because if you have worry, then you're going to have more worry. If you have sadness, then you're going to have more sadness. So you need to remove anything you don't want more because he said more of everything. So whatever there is. Now, everything outside your life, don't worry about that. You don't have control about that. But there'll be more of the good and more of the evil. So will evil increase? Absolutely. But God's grace abounds. But in, as it's in your life, there's going to be more of everything. So be sure that everything in your life you want more of. And let me say this too. If it's, if it's just blatant and you're doing it, then you're in trouble. But if you're working through it and overcoming it, God will work with you. He'll help you overcome. You just got to move in that direction. Lord, help me. This is a weakness. I, I, I know your, your conscience is bothering you. That's a good thing. If your conscience bothers you, that, that means it's not seared over. Are you hearing me? Okay. So there's a big difference when somebody's like, I don't care what God thinks. I'm just going to do what I want to do when I want to do it, however I want to do it, whether it's right or wrong. It's right for me. I'm just living life. Hello? Or you're like, I'm struggling with this God. It's weakness. I haven't gotten strength. But when I'm weak, you are strong. I've overcome by the blood of the land. I'm going to get the victory over this because you're my help. That's a big difference than someone who is just blatantly pressing on and doing what they want to do in outright rebellion against God Almighty. You understand? Okay. So moving with God requires us to be different than we are. Now, remember the Hebrew children. They had been in slavery in Egypt 400 years. So there wasn't anybody alive when they left Egypt that had ever experienced freedom. So freedom wasn't a part of them. Freedom wasn't in them. But when God took them out of Egypt in one day, 
They had all the wealth of Egypt, enough to establish a debt-free nation, and they had completely healed bodies, bodies that were severely abused as slave bodies. 1.3 million people. Or, or possibly more, because we can't have no way of counting the amount of children. Um, so their bodies were completely, and one, one day they were slaves, the next day total healing and total prosperity. But they weren't able to receive the promise because they didn't decide to become different. So it doesn't matter if today is your first day of a new day and what you think you're behind. Well, I don't know enough of the word. I don't know enough of the spirit. You're gonna have to believe to catch up and you can catch up because God said you could because they were under the old covenant and he had the ability to get Egypt 400 years out of them and the promised land into them, but they refused. So let me say this to you. How easy is it to catch up? Light Just start. Just do it. When you start applying the word of God, you're caught up, baby. It's not like you got to spend years upon years and weeks upon weeks and months upon months. No, you just start being a doer of the word. Well, how do you know that? Because there was a businessman, and this businessman needed some people to work in his vineyard. So he went out in the morning, he went out to the marketplace to find people that needed to work. So he said, listen, I'll pay you a denarii, I'll pay you a denarii, I'll pay you a denarii, I'll pay you a denarii. Then he said, absolutely, we agree to that. For a full day's work. They said, absolutely, we'll do that. Then about 12 or so, he needed some more workers. So he went back into the marketplace and he said this, I'm going to pay you a denarii, pay you a denarii, pay you a denarii, pay you a denarii. You mean for half a day's work? Absolutely, you can come and I'll pay you a denarii. Then all of a sudden around three in the afternoon, he had a couple more hours that needed to need some more workers. So he walked out to them and said, hey, listen, I need some more workers. I'll pay you a denarii, pay you a denarii, pay you a denarii. So at the end of the day, when everybody got their pay, everybody got paid a denarii. Well, the ones that started early in the morning went to the landowner and said, hey, listen, you only paid us a denarii, but you paid them a denarii, and those guys worked half a day, and those guys only worked two days. Y'all remember this parable, yes. right? And then God said, there's no respect to our person. He said, did it, I'm not, did, is it not my business? Is it not my man? And did you not agree? So therefore, those of us that have been in the gospel for many, many years, they're going to get the same pay as the ones that have been in the gospel maybe for a few short years. The whole key thing to the payment is, are we doing the word of God? Not just listening to it on a Sunday morning sermon, but are we being, being a practical application in our doing? And then that's when you will see a change take place in your lives, in your family's lives, in your finances, in your bodies when you start doing this. So All right, let's read some of this prophecy here because it's kind of getting late, okay. and maybe we would do something next Sunday to continue on. But go ahead and okay. read the first part of the prophecy. This is from Brother Copeland, and this, this is some additional information that we received. And we'll close. We're going into a higher level of the covenant in 2019, and it's roaring and going headlong into 2020. Okay, stop right there. So in other words, what God is saying is this, the covenant. Mm -hmm. We've been talking covenant. Yes. Man, ever since we've been here in Plant City for eight years, constant covenant, covenant with God, covenant with God. Now, God is saying this covenant, it's like solid. It's like going to happen, um, changing the part that I'm keeping in your life. Just receive it. And it's all over the world. So we have to have a God's eye view of the world on how he sees things, not just Plant City, not just Tampa or Orlando or Florida or whatever boxes or conference. Hello. No, we need to see the whole picture. 
That's the reason why we believe two things, that every born-again Christian should do two things in their life. At one time, go to Bible college, and two, go on at least one missions trip. If you've never been outside the United States of America, you've got to go see how blessed we really are. And 2020 is a very, very special time. What about this 2019? How can the marvels and the wondrous works take place? What breeds these wonderful works and miracles? What causes these things to be manifest? First of all, there must be a higher order of prayer coming forth out of the family. Stop right there. So what does that mean? Not just once a month where we come on Tuesdays to pray for an hour. You should take family time, whether it's five minutes. Right. Husbands and wives, before you go to work, grab each other's hands, yes. pray. Pray for the day. Pray for your family. If you come home, sit on the couch, pray. It, it, listen, it's not the quantity of the prayer. It's the quality of the prayer. Before you leave the house, Lord, if you want to use me today, lead me across somebody's path. Lord, give me the boldness to step out and pray for them. So in other words, start being a doer of the word. Start doing outside these four. We've always gone outside the four walls. You know, it's still in my heart. I know, Cindy, you, you know, we had talked a little bit about Fort Meade and things like that. We're still going to come and do a weekend meeting. It's just waiting on the timing of God. So don't give up hope. Yeah, if these prophecies are true, then we have to hang on no matter what it looks like. Yes. Can you say amen? We cannot be moved by external circumstances because external circumstances always change. Amen. Amen. And we're, we're, listen, the hardest time right before a breakthrough is to see whether you're going to hold on or not. Even if you're holding on by your fingernails, are you going to hold on? Come on, because if you hold on, then boom, it'll happen. It'll be like heaven on earth. The word order uh, was intriguing, so I looked it up. It means authoritative direction, command, and sequence. So God said that's the kind of prayer. In other words, the praying is going to sound and, and look a bit differently, or it needs to. Uh, of coming out of the family, intercession, petition, and supplication for the lost. Much prayer, much calling forth, much calling things that be not as though they were. Praying for the lost, reaching into the heart of God and asking him for the nations. Let me just say it's super easy to ask when you got your foot on it. It's real hard to ask from your chair. 2019 must be a, gr a year of great intercession and witnessing outside the walls of the church building. I'll do signs and wonders. I'll do these marvelous works, saith the Lord, if you'll take me to the center, if you'll take me to the streets, if you'll give me an opportunity to reveal myself. You keep ringing the dinner bell of healing and I'll draw the people. This building and other church buildings won't hold the people, but you can't just sit here inside this place and beg for miracles. I'm going to require you, thus saith the Lord, to walk by faith. I'm going to require you to get healed on your own faith. Most of the people in my ministry, saith the Lord, most of them got healed on their own faith. Be it done unto you as you have believed. Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. I am requiring more of those of you older children in the family. I am requiring more of you because you're older. It's time for you to help with the babies. It's time for you to see to it that the babies get an opportunity to know me, saith the Lord. 
I require it. Okay, hold on. Go to Mark chapter 5 real quickly. We're almost finished. Mark chapter 5. So God says, I want you to get healed on your own faith. You're going to have to operate by faith, operate by faith. So let me give you an understanding of what that means. Because sometimes we just think, okay, faith, 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 what is faith, what is faith? Belief, 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 belief. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I'm going to give you an example of powerful application of how you can apply faith to whatever situation, your own body, your marriage, your finances, whatever it is, okay? Mark chapter 5, please. And we're going to pick it up in about verse 25. Mark 5.25, King James Version. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus... She heard of Jesus. Faith or belief comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word, right? Not just heard. I heard that before. No, faith comes by hearing. When she heard of Jesus, came in and pressed behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may touch with his clothes, I will be made whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said to him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and thou sayest, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed of that plague. Now let me give you an example. Because you can apply these principles that I'm about to tell you. Come here again. You're, you can apply these principles to anything area of your life. Are you all cold in here? Can we, can we kind of turn up the heat a little bit or just turn it off? Stand right here. Gabe's going to play Jesus. Jesus. I didn't know Jesus came from Puerto Rico. No, I mean, sorry, Nicaragua, Nicaragua, Nicaragua. <laughs> all right, watch it. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. In that scripture, you can see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, right? The Bible says that great fame was about him in the region roundabout. Why? Not only because of the words he said, but because of the miracles that he was performing. Anybody that's a superstar, baseball player, a movie player in, in the world, they, you know, they, a, a public figure comes out in public, famous person, what do they want to do? They want to touch them, right? Shake their hand, whatever, want to meet them and all that kind of stuff, okay? So the Bible says here in this situation, Jesus was coming down this lady's street. There was a crowd pressing in on him, pushing him, touching him. Isn't that right? All right, trying to get to the master because of all the miracles that he said and the words that he was saying. Isn't that right? So here's this woman. She's in a desperate situation. Are you in a desperate situation in your marriage? Are you in a desperate situation in your body? Are you in a desperate situation with your family members? Desperate people are dangerous people. Listen, a bank robber doesn't decide to rob a bank because he's got a quarter of a million dollars in Mercedes-Benz and a mansion on a hill. No, Muggsy and Knuckles are going to come break his legs and break his knuckles unless he pays back Lenny the Loan Shark. So he thinks Lenny the Loan Shark rob a bank. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Praise God. Amen. I don't know where these come from. They came out of heaven or something like that. Right? So desperate people are dangerous people, aren't they? Mm -hmm. So this woman was desperate. 
She'd been to all the doctors, spent all of her money, was not better, but now she's getting worse. She's dying. It's a desperate place to be in. Doctor told her, go home, get your house in order, tell your family, there's nothing more that we can do. Jesus, would you stand that way, please? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. All of a sudden, Jesus comes walking down her street. This woman may have been bedridden. Somehow, some way, mother, family member, brother, sister, hears a commotion outside her door on her block. Well, what's going on? I don't know. There's a crowd of people. I see Roman soldiers trying to do crowd control. Well, what's, what, they seem to be around one individual that's walking in. There seems to be about 12 other guys with him. Oh, oh my gosh. It's Jesus. You, you mean the one that I've been hearing about? It didn't say she saw the miracles that Jesus was doing. It said that she was hearing. Hearing. I wonder what she was hearing. I wonder if every morning when she had her bacon and eggs, they were reading the New Jerusalem Times. Front page news. Man gets raised from debt, named Lazarus after three days. People encouraged him, don't do it, for he stinketh. <laughs> page two. Man stops funeral possession of 12-year-old boy. Touches coffin. Boy comes out of coffin. Who does this guy think he is? Some say he's the Messiah. Some say he's John the Baptist's return. Some say he's Elijah the prophet. Well, who do you say he is? He's the Messiah, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. All of a sudden, somehow, some way, she says, get me to him. Because she had already been saying out of her mouth. I'm trying to give you principles. I've already, she's already been saying out of her mouth. She's already been saying what she was believing in her heart. Amen. Come on. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. If I can just get to Jesus. If I can just get to that church service where the word of God is preached and the spirit of the living God is moving. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I don't even have to have him lay hands on me. He could just pass by. I'll just reach out and touch his garment. If I can just touch, I know I'd get my healing. Well, he's, he's coming down the street. Here, help me up. Get, get me to him. Open the door. I got, I don't, I'll crawl. I'll, I'll do it. And all of a sudden, as he was passing by, and the crowd was pressing on him. She reached out, and wow, something happened. Something flowed out of Jesus. He felt it. She felt the anointing, the presence of God. When you have an encounter with God and you feel his presence, it's like the, the man that was visiting last Sunday. I prayed for him. He went, my, my God, I wasn't expecting that. He fell out in the power of God. Andrew had an opportunity to interview him after the service. He said, I'm a Southern Baptist. I've been in church all my life. I've never felt anything like that in all my life. Amen. Yeah, but see, there's a difference between hearing about God and experiencing God, Amen. having a touch from God. Power of God flowed out of him into her. He turned around and said to the people, Who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? That's good. <laughs> if they spoke Spanish, it would sound like this. Uh, ¿quién tocó mi, uh, 
Nu ca prende. Who touched my clothes? That's a very interesting statement, wouldn't you say, Jesus? Say right there, Jesus, if you would. Face that wall. Praise God. All right. It's a good Jesus, Gabe. You're a good Jesus. All right. Who touched my clothes? Gabe, keep your looking at that wall. Let me know when I touch your garment. Don't, don't even be looking at your shoulder. Keep watching that wall right there. I know. Well, I, I know your past. You know, you're always watching your back. Praise God. Amen. All right. <laughs> Trust me. I won't hurt you. Okay, good. All right, tell me when I'm touching. You ready? Right now. Am I touching your clothes? No. Are you sure? Okay. All right, hold on. <laughs> You're doing pretty good there, bub. All right, you ready? Let me know. Ready? Here we go. All right, am I touching, am I touching your garment now? You don't feel anything. Okay, I, I, I was hoping you would come to that conclusion. You must have worked late yesterday. Praise God. <laughs> How many hours this week? 55 hours. Okay, you have an excuse. Praise God. Amen. Watch this. Why would Jesus turn around and go, who touched my clothes? What was Adam and Eve clothed with before they fell from heaven? The glory of God. Jesus was saying, who touched the glory? Because he turned around to find out who did it. Watch this. Here's the principle. She heard about Jesus. She began to believe in her heart what she heard. To the point that she began to say out of her mouth what she believed and then she put action to what she was saying and to what she believed. And guess what happened? She got her miracle. That is the faith that God is wanting you and I to trust in him this year in 2019. That's the reason why we give you declarations. Thank you, Jesus. You know where That's it says that she touched him? That word touched in the Greek means uh, this. Let me read it exactly. To properly attach oneself to. So as Jesus was saying, all the people that were touching me were touching me improperly. It is not wrong to touch Jesus, but to touch him without faith is an improper touch. And he would not recognize that touch. So when we go before God in prayer, to go before him without faith would be improper. And that's why it, it is unanswered. So there's a right way to touch him and a wrong way to touch so him. So when you're out in the community and you see somebody in the Walmart and they're walking up to the line like this. Could be the rapture, we just don't know. Praise God, amen, a whole lot of shake. Somebody comes up walking like this, and they stand behind you, and you have five people in front of you. At this moment, you have an opportunity. <laughs> Some of you just looked at me in stark terror. My God. <laughs> you mean he'd have me turn around? Hi, how are you? My name is Jack. What is your name? I know there's 10 people in front because a bus load, six bus loads were just unlet in the parking lot, praise God, to cash their checks and to go grocery shopping. We have time. (laughs) 
I mean, I guess you could grab the National Enquirer if you really want to, or you could minister to the person behind you because up until now you've been looking at the National Enquirer. Aliens have collusion with Russia in the United States. I knew it! I knew! I knew that's what it was! The aliens had an influence in the election. Or... Hey, wow. I saw you limping. Are you okay? Oh, man, I threw my back out last week, and I can't work or anything like that. Oh, man, I'm so sorry about that. That must really be bad. Yeah, it's just not, it's just not good. And, and they're not sure if they're going to give me workers' comp or anything and just haven't been able to work because I threw my back out and I had this limp. You know, I know you don't know me, but my name is Jack, and would it be okay if I just prayed for you real quick? I mean, we got time. What are you going to? No. Don't pray for me. I'll give you 95% of the time, they will say, sure. And you just say this. Okay. You know, if you're a male and it's a female, ma'am, could you just put your hand right on your hip there? And you reach out. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus. I command this pain to leave your body in Jesus' name. Well, how's it feel now? Check it out. <laughs> Is there any pain? No. No, there's no pain. Has anybody ever told you that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? Watch this. It will be that easy beginning this year. If we're hearing right, that's coming from heaven, it will be that easy. Would that set you on fire? I mean, you'd be like, my God, it worked. <laughs> Watch this. What if it doesn't work? So, next. What if they get worse? Oh, you better pray double. Praise God, amen. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, what do you have to lose? What I'm saying, they're bold. They'll drop the F-bomb in the Walmart parking lot. Not only the parking lot inside Walmart that dropped the F-bomb. Even their doctor's only practicing on them. I can't, you know. And it'll be easy, except for you introverts, who will be easy after you open your mouth. (laughs) The hard part is doing the talking. Do you want me to continue? Just a little bit more, and then we'll close. Uh, I require it, but you'll be rewarded beyond your wildest dreams because you will see miracles under your own hand you will see things happen that you've only dreamed of happening because the time has come and just the way the great healing revival hit this earth in 1948 through 50 and it was so easy because the miracles were happening in the streets and in tents all over these united states well those days are here again it is time for it it's time if You'll get out there where the people are. You will be shocked at how easy the miracles will come and how easy they will flow. And people that have no idea about me or anything about my word will come running to those of you 
that will spend time in intercessory prayer. I'm not talking about hours and hours. I'm talking about minutes a day. I'm talking about just give me time. Just give me part of your morning. Just give me part of your evening and pray in the spirit and intercede for the lost. And I'll see to it, saith the Lord, that 2019 is the most startling year of your life. I'll see to it that your body begins to renew and your youth begins to renew. Okay, hold over there. If you need healing, what do you need to sow? Are you hurting your body? Absolutely. Okay, you know, I got back pain too. This one's for me. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, that's good. I, I, we have applied that principle in 23 years. There have been times that we've had incidences in our bodies, and then we'll go pray for people. And the most amazing thing, when, when the water hose is flowing, you too can be sprinkled by the water hose. That's right. Amen, because that river flows out of you. Why can't you get wet too? Amen? Amen. Amen. And your youth begins to renew, and all of a sudden, aches and pains that have been there for years disappear when you begin to get out there and minister to those that never heard about me, saith Jesus. You call on me, and I'll call on you, and together we will see it come to pass. Together we will see it happen together, together, and you will begin to see the desired change begin to slowly take place in the United States in the political arena. You will see change when you begin to pray and intercede for those who are on the opposite side of your political ideas. If you will begin to take some quality time and intercede for people, intercede for them, take someone, take the image of that someone, maybe it's, and he names names, take that person and begin to intercede for them. There's somebody that needs Jesus. Then begin to praise about it. Praise, praise about it. Call them before me, saith the Lord, and you will be shocked at what you see come to pass. For these are the days of reconstruction. These are the days in the continuing rebirth of this nation. These are the days that this nation has been crying out for when once again it will become one nation under God. You're not as far away as you think. So rejoice and be glad for in that day you will have much cause for rejoicing because soon and very soon the greatness and the good things that I have planned in the blessing of the Lord shall begin to be manifest more and more and more and more, saith the Spirit of grace. I am for you, saith the Lord. I am not against you. I've given myself to you and for you. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week, and remember, the best is yet to come.